Happy New Year's, Purpose Church. Good to see you. Uh, today we're starting a new series called Ask Because Your Questions Matter. And for the past few weeks, we've asked you as our church family what questions you would like the preaching team to answer as we come out of 2020 and into 2021. And here's one question uh, that came in, which is just like perfect to launch the new year with. Here's the question. After 2020, what can I do to restore purpose and meaning to my life in 2021? So the title of today's message is God's Five Purposes for Your Life in 2021. Now I want to start with a story from the Bible that just blows me away uh, because of the question it makes me ask myself. Uh, before I get into this story and who it's about, uh, if, you, if I ask you the question, who do you think the greatest king in Israel's history was? Who do you think the greatest king in Israel's history was? Well, before I read this passage, I would have said David or Solomon, and you may have said the same. But we're going to find out it was a man by the name of Hezekiah was, the Bible says, the greatest king in Israel's history. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hosea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines, and all the rest of these things here are going to be idol worship and idols that they were worshiping. So he removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. He, this is an interesting one, little side story here. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. Now, this is an interesting story. If you remember uh, back earlier in the Bible, it says that in the wilderness, the Israelites sinned against God, and so he sent snakes, poisonous snakes, among them. And so in order to have healed what he did was Moses made a bronze snake uh, and put it up on a pole and everybody who looked in faith on that bronze snake was healed. God would heal them. And, and so that was a wonderful miracle and the glory was all to God. But over time, they began to worship the symbol of the healing rather than the God behind the healing. And so many times we can have good things in our life that start out as good, but they become idols over time. And that's what had happened during the time of Hezekiah. They began to worship this bronze serpent that Moses had lifted up in the, in the wilderness. Uh, Jesus even refers to it. It's re applied to the life of Jesus as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. So the Son of Man, Jesus, will be lifted up and all that look on Jesus on the cross will be healed. But over time, even good things uh, can begin to be worshipped. And that was what was happening. And so Hezekiah destroyed it. The bronze serpent was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given to Moses. So the Lord was with him, and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. Oh, don't you wish that could be said of us? He was just careful to obey God in everything and to trust God in everything. And as a result, God blessed him and he was successful, the Bible says, in everything that he did. 
But now the prophet Isaiah tells about a story that happened in his life. Uh, let's say it was like a late middle age. Uh, he was probably in his you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, kind of later middle age or early old age. It says at that time, Hezekiah got sick and he was about to die. Isaiah 58 verse 1. He was sick and he was about to die. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, visited him and said, God says, prepare your affairs and your family. This is it. You're going to die. You're not going to get well. Hezekiah turned away from Isaiah and facing the wall, he prayed to God. God, please, I beg you, remember how I've lived my life. I've lived faithfully in your presence, lived out of a heart that was totally yours, You've seen how I've lived, the good that I've done. And Hezekiah wept as he prayed, painful tears. Then God told Isaiah, go and speak with Hezekiah. Give him this message from me. God, the God of your ancestor David, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Here's what I'll do. I'll add 15 years to your life. And so he lived, got another uh, 15 years added to his life. Now, this is a remarkable uh, passage. Uh, Hezekiah basically says to God, I have lived every day of my life with your purpose in mind, with your purposes in mind, uh, the way you wanted me to live. If you give me more time, I will use that additional time in exactly the same way. And God looked over his life, and he said, Hezekiah, you're right. I'll give you another 15 years. Uh, the pattern of your life in the past tells me how you will live your life in the future. I'm gonna give you another 15 years. Now, this was an unusual situation. I'm not saying that we can make the same deal with God. But here's the question that just blows me away, especially in the first Sunday of 2021. What did God see in my life in 2020 that makes him want to give me the year 2021? Well, if I were like Hezekiah, arguing for 15 more years of life, for, for more life, if I was in his position and he was able to make this very, very strong case based on the past, what uh, God, if he, God gave him extra time, he'd do with that future. And I asked myself the question, what did God see in my life in 2020 that makes him want to give me 2021, uh, give me another year? Did I just live for myself mainly? Did I give God kind of the leftovers of my life in 2020? And, and mainly, if I'm honest, you know, if I look at my calendar, if I look at my checkbook, if I look at what I'm passionate about, if it look, look what, what I'm interested in, if I look at what I, what I think about, uh, even what I worry about. Many times what you worry about shows what is truly number one in your life. Whatever I worry about, that's, that's the real number one that I'm concerned about. Did I just live for myself? And so if God gives me another year, so will it be just another year of living for myself? Or did I live guided by God's purposes for my life? So God wants me to stay in the game. He wants me to stay in the battle. He, he wants me to stay on the job for another year because that would advance his kingdom and not just my kingdom. If he gives me another year, he knows I will use it to invest for his kingdom and not just for my kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first 
his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. How will eternity be different if God gives me another year to live? As someone once said, uh, we are immortal until our work for God on earth is done. We are immortal until our work is done. And does God really believe that we will make his work our priority in the coming year? Uh, does, does he see that in our past? Does that lead him to believe that's gonna happen in the future as well? And this is why Paul wrote to the Ephesians, uh, a town Ephesus in, in what is today the nation of uh, Turkey. And he wrote to the Ephesians and he said to them, and they passed it down to give to us uh, followers of Christ 2,000 years later, so be careful how you act. Uh, these are difficult days. Don't be fools, be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to. But try to find out and then do whatever the Lord uh, wants you uh, to do. Uh, do not live uh, thoughtlessly, he says, but try to figure it out. Not, not just kind of taking it as it comes thoughtlessly, but trying to say strategically, how in 2021 can I do exactly what the Lord wants me to do. Now that's going on offense. Uh, we play offense in the coming year. Do what the Lord wants you to do. But we also play defense. Don't do what the Lord doesn't want you uh, to do. And that's what Paul wrote to a young pastor that he was mentoring by the name of Timothy. He says, if you stay away from sin, you will be like one of those dishes, these dishes made out of purest gold, the very best in the house. So if you stay away from sin, you're gonna be like one of those um, vessels that God can really use in an effective way for eternity during the coming year so that Christ himself can use you for his highest purposes. Uh, I think that many times uh, our Christian life and effectiveness is like a kink in a garden hose. You know how if you use a garden hose, especially if you have a long one, and if you coil it up, uh, sometimes it gets tangled with each other, and so you turn the faucet on, and either no water comes out or maybe just a little bit of water comes out. Why? Because there's a kink in the hose or maybe there's other gunk that's plugging it up or maybe that's why you clear out your leaves from, uh, so that they that can flow the water off of your roof, can flow through uh, the drain out more clearly because you've cleaned out the gunk or you've um, taken the kink out of a garden hose. You'll have more the force and power of the water to accomplish things if you get the kinks out of the garden hose, if you remove the gunk that is plugging up the clear flow of water to do what it's supposed to do. And the same thing is true in our walk with God this coming year. Uh, and I'm not talking about just the everyday struggle we have with sin and, and praise God when we come to Christ, when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he forgives everything in the past and everything in the present and everything we're gonna do tomorrow. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when there's areas of our life that we just cling to, when there's sins in our life that we hold on to, and then we're surprised when there's not more spiritual power in our life to accomplish things for eternity. And, and God says, you gotta unkink that garden hose. You gotta get the gunk out of your storm drains 
so that the water and the power of the Holy Spirit can flow through us more effectively to accomplish God's will in the coming year. So we go on offense, do what the Lord wants you to do, but we also go on defense and we stay away from sin so that what God wants to accomplish can flow through our lives with greater power. At Purpose Church, we try to have everything that we do be there to help you fulfill God's purpose for your life. That's why we're here. That's why we're together as a church to do everything we can in the coming year to support each other and to inspire each other and motivate each other to fulfill God's purpose for each one of our lives. And that's reflected in our vision, our mission, and our values. So first of all, our, our vision, everyone everywhere following Jesus. And then our, then our mission flows out of that, helping people find their purpose to connect with God, to connect with others, and to connect others with God. And then our five core values, found people, find people. We're better together. Growing people change. Everyone is designed to serve, and generous people transform the world. So here's the question that we're gonna use the remainder of our time to answer. What does God want me to do with the rest of my life? And I'm gonna base it, there, there are many things that could be added to this list, but I'm just gonna, as a starting point, let's just do a little uh, a checkup, okay, as we go into the new year. In the five areas, the five main purposes God has for us as followers of Christ, uh, based on our five core values uh, here at Purpose Church. Number one, God wants me to grow. I guarantee you, God wants you to grow spiritually in 2021. And the value that's based on, uh, here our Purpose Church value, is growing people change. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter six, verse one, let us stop going over the same ground, the same old ground, again and again, always teaching those first lessons about Christ. Let us go on instead to other things and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. Uh, and the main way you grow in your walk with God is how much time you're spending reading, studying, hearing God's word, like through what we're doing right now, through preaching, um, uh, studying, uh, reading, spending time in God's word. That is the key to spiritual growth. Your habit as to how much time you're prepared to spend in God's word during 2021 will determine if you are in a different place spiritually at the end of 2021 than you were at the beginning. It, 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 that habit, you'll either have the habit or you don't have it, and that habit will determine, just like a workout habit will determine what shape you're in at the end of the year, your spiritual workout habit, by how much time you spend listening, studying, and reading God's word, meditating on it, and then most importantly, applying it to our lives and doing what it says, that's gonna determine where we end up at the end of the coming year. So, I'm gonna have action steps for each of these five areas. Here's the first action step of the day. If you don't already have a regular Bible reading habit, I'd like you to go to purposechurch.com slash soap. Uh, we teach here at Purpose Church, it's called the SOAP, S-O-A-P, the SOAP method of, of reading the Bible and of studying the Bible. And if you go to that on our website, it'll explain the SOAP method of Bible reading. And then you pick a book of the Bible, uh, like uh, Proverbs in the Old Testament, or like, say, Matthew or Philippians in the New Testament, and you read it this month using the SOAP 
uh, method. And also, if you go to that website, it'll have information on getting a Bible that has a Bible reading plan. We have Bibles that we'd love to get to you that include a Bible reading plan as part of that Bible, or it'll contain study guides and study helps as you study the Bible to have your questions answered as you go through it. But you gotta build a habit now that'll carry you through the year so you get the end of the year, you're at a different place spiritually than we were, than I was or you were at the beginning of the year. Okay, second thing God wants. God wants me to go through life in community. And this is based on our value here at Purpose Church that we are better uh, together. Hebrews 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. And boy, this has been a challenge during the last year, during COVID. And my greatest concern as your pastor is as, as have we gotten out of the habit of meeting together, whether it be online or, or whether it be on person, depending on uh, where, where we're at on those things. But have we still, whether it's online, whether it's in person, have we, have we continued that habit? Have we continued that spiritual discipline? Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that you see the day of his return uh, drawing near. It's so important to keep meeting together. That's why we have been providing three options during COVID. That's why we've been committed to doing that. Online, outdoors, and indoors. And I want you to know, it hasn't taken much, any extra work for me, but for our staff, for our um, uh, leadership staff, for our staff here at Purpose Church, it is just a required all kinds of extra work. I, I don't think there's any church that's doing as much as we are to provide options for people. Uh, and they have been working so hard. Our staff, it's been so much extra work, especially our technical staff. We are so grateful to them. Uh, every Sunday during COVID, the last 10 months or so, has, ha has had the complexity of Easter Sunday. It has been like 40 straight Easter Sundays uh, for our technical staff. But the reason they have been willing to do that, and I am so grateful as senior pastor that our team, our, our, our staff of, of include part-time 150 people or so, 130, 140, uh, 150 people, these staff part-time and full-time, I am so grateful that they have been willing to put in the extra work. And it's because we believe it's so important to give people options online, outdoor, and indoor, so that they can choose an option that fits their level of risk in contracting the virus. And the reason we've put in all that extra work is because we believe in this verse that people shouldn't neglect meeting together as some people do, and they drift in their spiritual walk if they do that because they're not together to motivate each other to live, uh, live for Christ. And here's the key. Uh, we want to provide options, outdoors, indoors, online, but it is so important that whatever option you choose uh, based on your comfort level with what's going on in, in, in the community and with the, the virus at this time, it's so important that whatever option you do choose that you are faithful to it every week. That's the key. 
if it's, if it's in person, outdoors or indoors, then be faithful to that every week. If it's online, make that your new habit. Don't just have it occasionally check it in during the year or occasionally watching. That, that is your habit. Every week at this time, you either watch on demand after the services are over or you're there at 8.30, 9.45, and 11.11. And as your pastor, I urge you to keep faithful to that habit, whichever option you choose during 2021. In another translation, the NIV translation, uh, the same verse in Hebrew says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Some get out of the habit of meeting together and fall into the habit of not meeting together. You know, the decline of Christianity in America, Christianity is exploding uh, over the world overall. Christianity is growing like never before in its 2,000 year history. But it's exploding in places like Africa or Asia or South America or Central America and, and places like that. Um, Central, South America, Asia, Africa. Uh, it, it is just exploding. But in a place like North America, there has been a decline. And it is connected directly to the loss of this habit right here. What we're finding in research is that the people that attended church every Sunday are now attending you know, three out of four Sundays of the month. And those that a few years ago were attending three out of four are now attending two out of four. And those that were every other week, now they're, now they're once a month. And those that were once a month are now once every other month or every third month. And, and, and so the fires of their walk with Christ are fading because of the lack of being together as the Bible uh, commands and encourages us to do for the sake of our uh, spiritual vitality. But it's not just for, for spiritual growth. I came across this headline just a few days ago. Uh, Gallup, the, most, the biggest, most respected poll in America today. Gallup poll founds, finds that churchgoers are the only United States group, the only group of people, the only category of people in the United States that has avoided 2020 mental health decline. Churchgoers were the only United States group that avoided 2020 mental health decline. And according to the Gallup poll uh, released on December 14th, uh, just uh, a couple of two or three weeks ago, uh, frequent church attendees, now that's the key there. They're not just saying they're following Christ. They're not just saying they're Christians, but they're actually attending uh, regularly online or in person. They are frequent church attendees were the only group in the United States that did not experience a mental health decline in 2020. It found that 46% of Americans who regularly attend religious services, now that's such an important distinction. It's not just, I mean, so many times when you see these statistics about the divorce rate among Christians or all these other things about Christians, it's just people that say they're Christians, not those that actually put into action by regularly connecting with others as Hebrews challenges us to do. It's talking about people that regularly, faithfully attend religious services. 46% said their mental health is excellent uh, in 2020, which is an actual increase from last year, 2019's 42%. Among those that regularly uh, attend religious services um, in, in some manner or another, 
their mental health actually increased in 2020, got better than it was the previous year before COVID. And we see this pattern in the early church. In Acts chapter two, verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers were, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And then in verse 46, it goes on to say, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And so we see just in these three verses, description of the early church, that uh, first of all, God wants me to believe in Jesus. First step, God wants me to believe in Jesus. B, next, he wants me to be baptized. C, he wants me to join a church. D, he wants me to commit to regular worship. And E, he wants me to connect to a small group fellowship. So here's the next action step. Over 1,500 people from our church have gone through a small group uh, fellowship experience called Rooted, and it has been life-changing. I have not had a single one of those over 1,500 people tell me that Rooted wasn't helpful to them or life-changing to them in some way, and most tell me it has been a completely life-changing experience. And our next Rooted experience starts on uh, January 17th, just two weeks from today. And if you go to purposechurch.com slash rooted, it'll give you information how you can join either an online group or an in-person group. You can do the choice uh, between the two. Then the third thing God wants from me in 2021, God wants me to serve. And this one is based on our value here, our core value. Everyone is designed to serve. First Peter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you some special abilities be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You say, well, uh, Glenn, how can I know what are my special abilities? God has given these to me, but how can I know what they are? Well, here's the next action step. You go to purposechurch.com serve, and there are three short uh, tests or surveys, and they're very interesting. I mean, I always find it so interesting to find out these things about yourself. And there are three short tests or surveys. Some take as little as uh, 20 minutes to complete. Uh, we also have a serve coach that can take your results and can walk with you and, and talk with you about where would be maybe the best place that you'd get the greatest fulfillment and joy in serving God or serving other people. And then number four, the fourth thing God wants in 2021 is God wants me to give. And this is based on our value. Generous people transform the world. Psalm 116, verse 12. What can I give back to God for the blessings that he's poured out on me? And maybe this is the year that you trust God enough to start tithing, uh, to give the first 10%, as the Bible talks about, of your income to God, and then trusting him to bless and to expand uh, to take care of your needs with the remaining 90%. Maybe this is that year that you'll take that step of trust uh, for God and just see how he uses that in your life and in the lives of others that you will, you'll get to heaven and find out the impact that had uh, for eternity. But if it just seems like too much right now, you say, oh, Pastor Glenn, I, uh, I've just read this in the Bible. I've just been introduced to it. 
And it's like a muscle that's atrophied and, it, and it's not strong. And so let me encourage you, just like you lift weights and you increase them a little bit at a time and over time you get stronger and stronger. Uh, how about if, you, if you've never given at all or you don't give regularly, just start giving something regularly in 2021. If you didn't do that in 2020, start, just start just regular giving of, of any amount um, during the coming year. Or maybe just give in 2021, give 1% more than you did last year. And if you don't go broke by the end of the year, then do it again the next year, another 1%. And if you don't go broke, do it another. Like It's like gradually building up a muscle until you're uh, at that 10% that the Bible talks about and you receive the full blessing and, and the full impact of your giving and of your generosity of, of the tithe that the Bible talks about. But start maybe just each, this year, just 1% more uh, than you gave last year. And here's the action step. Uh, set it up. Um, there, there's power in, in giving and when you come to worship, but there's also power in giving online. Then it's all set up. It's there uh, so that it's just done, whether you are at church or not at church because you're sick or you're out of town or whatever. It just kind of builds that discipline uh, and online giving into your life. And so uh, go to purposechurch.com give and just say, you know what, I'm just gonna set this up at the beginning of the year and I'm just gonna you know, have it taken from my income right off the bat, every pay period, and, and just see what God does. See how God blesses when you begin to obey him in that area. And then finally, number five, God wants me in the coming year to find people, which is based on our core value, found people, find people. Uh, John chapter one, verse 40. Uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, the first thing he did after he was found by Jesus was to find, he was found, then he went to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. In verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. And you know, I'm gonna kind of, do something a little bit differently um, in, in the beginning of this year than our normal oikos. We talk about oikos, the Greek word for household, the eight to 15 and, and your, what we call your sphere of influence, the people that you're around most that influence you and that you influence them, the people you go to school with, you go to work with, uh, that you live in your neighborhood with or in your family with. Um, and, and we talk about that eight to 15 and your assignment from God is to go to heaven and to take that eight to 15 with you to heaven. But you know, the thing I found with reaching people for Jesus is if, if you try to reach everybody, you don't reach anybody. And if you try to reach the whole world, you don't reach anybody in the world. So here's my challenge for 2021, and I'm gonna take it myself as a challenge as well. Think of one person in your orbit, in your sphere of influence, that does not currently know Jesus. Just one just one. And let's spend this year praying for that one person, loving that one person, figuring out ways to serve and to encourage that one person, praying for that one person, looking for ways to share Jesus with that one person, looking for opportunities to bring them uh, to a church service or to some something where they can get in touch with Jesus or share Jesus with them yourself. Look for opportunities. Let's just pick one 
I mean, think of it. If everybody among the thousands of people connected with, with Purpose Church, of, of the thousands of people that are part of our church family, if each of us reached one during 2021, that would double the number of Christ followers in this place. It would double the number of people going to heaven from the previous year. And so sometimes I think we just kind of shoot too broadly and we just miss everybody. If you try to reach everybody, you won't reach anybody. But I, I think one, that could be the thing that just is the focus of the next year. And if we just say, Lord, I'm gonna pray for that one in 2021. And let's just see what God does during the coming year. Oh God, I thank you for my dear church family and, and what a privilege it is to be a part of the Purpose Church family. And Lord, I pray um, that like Hezekiah, we will live for you with all of our heart during the coming year, that we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that other things fall into place when we seek you first. And that you will look at our lives like you did on the life of Hezekiah and say, there's somebody I can entrust the next year to because of how they lived for me in the past year. Or at the end of this year, uh, I, can, I can give them 2022 because I saw how faithfully they used 2021 not for their own selves, not for their own agenda, not for their own kingdom, but they sought me first. And so I can trust them with another and with another until either Jesus returns or we go home to be with you in heaven. We commit this upcoming year to you now. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.